Hello. Hi, Corinne. Hi. Um. Hi. I don't know what happened here, but it's it says I'm I am you are viewing Sue Olson's screen. Right. Do you have that too? Yep. Yep. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, she needs to. She just left her seat though. I'm but when there. she comes back, she needs to stop sharing. I guess is what it. Oh, okay. It's down below participants, if I recall from the other day, or next to participants. I see. Yeah, if you look at the if if you look at the bottom of your screen, maybe it'll say share screen on it or something. Yep. And uh, just click on that and then unshare your screen. Well, everything's up on the top now. Uh, oh. Okay. So how about view options next to your sharing, your viewing? Let's see. Share. Share. More participants. Stop video? Is that what you said? No, it's it's um it's gonna say stop sharing or or that's what it said the other day for someone. Um, hmm. So what does it say at the top? What does it say at the top? Of the it screen? says mute, stop video, uh-huh. participants, new share, okay. pause share, pop. 
pause share. I'll try. Let's see. Your screen sharing is paused. <laughs> okay, what else what else is there? Oh. Annotate remote control and more. Let's see what, what more says. Oh my goodness. What's going on with my mouse here? More. Chat, invite, record, disable, attendee annotation, high video panel. Audio options, video settings, optimized for full screen video clip. Um, try the, where, you know where earlier it said new share, something yeah. like that, new share? Click on that for a second. Let's see what happens on that. Um, well, it's got this thing that says uh, desktop one, whiteboard, phone, had via cable, post attendee Zoom, mail inbox. <laughs> is there is there like a checkbox or something that you have checked that shows like share screen on that in that window that just opened up? Is there something that you uh, checked on that? I you know it's different on a PC and it's different on a Mac. And I use a PC, so I I don't know you know. I have a Mac. Right, right. So it's going to be different for you than it is on my end. So, and because you're the host, it's a little different too. So, well, some, why don't you try claiming host, Anand? I don't. Can I? Um, let me see if I. Yeah, can. try. I, I just clicked on participants, and and one of the options is because. Oh, let Linda, me try. Okay, this says claim host and see if that helps. Well, it says enter the host key to claim host role. <laughs> and, the host key is a six-digit number, apparently. <laughs> so, I don't unless so. Okay, unless, so that's not it. Yeah. Well, no. No. <laughs> All right. Well, or we can just decide to um, not look at Sue's screen. And, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> that's. <laughs> um. I. I'm only looking at whoever's speaking. Like I have view speaker. Right. So I only see whoever's speaking at a time the way that I'm looking at now. And I'm not seeing anything except a tiny little square thing over there that has uh, maybe, a, you know, something from her. But it's hardly visible. Oh, let me try something really here. Okay. Uh, Sue, you should see something come up on your screen. Yes. Um, can you accept that really quick? And then let me see if I can do something. If you... Okay, but this is weird. All right, let's try this now. Um, show meeting controls. Uh, trying to exit the screen sharing, but uh, And do you know what it means to swap shared screen with video? Swap. <laughs> oh, um, I have an option. Swap shared screen with video. Um, that's I, in the, I don't know if that's, you want to do that, but um, that's in the top right, top right hand corner of her little screen that's showing. Oh, oh, um, I don't, I don't see that on my screen. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm scared to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened to all the the things down below here on my screen. Uh, they're not showing at all. Let's see. But you should have more than one screen opened. Well, I see all of you. All yeah, but do you see something else other than all of us? No. Can you go to, um, instead of seeing all of us, can you go to the one that says, um, how does it say it again? View active speaker. No? I don't see that. You don't see that either? All right. I, I'm going to, I have an iPad. I'm going to, like, get that started and see 
if uh, I can figure out on that how you would stop your screen sharing. Um, there's got to be something simple for you to stop sharing your screen. Um, so just a second. Well, I, I, I did and now it says pause. It says pause share. So. Okay, the same thing that says pause share should be able to stop the share too, I guess, because that's something to do with share. Switch to share. How about if I go out and come back in? I'll try that. Okay, now, I don't even see how to get out. <laughs> So, is there a problem with just working around that? I'm going to leave the meeting and come back. Hmm. Okay. I wonder. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, that fixed it. Yeah, but here she, we go. But, but Sue's gone. <laughs> well, she'll come back in. But she'll, yeah, she'll come back. Yeah. I thought we were all going to leave with her since she yeah, was the host. But she didn't, she didn't end the meeting then. She just exited yeah. without ending it, so that's good. That's good, yeah. Hmm. All right, here comes the number. Yay! <laughs> that was smart. That was a... Uh... <laughs> Okay. Can you hear us, Sue? Uh, oh no. <laughs> I'll do it again. Oh, <laughs> At least you're laughing. Well, Sue, you know what you can do is just maybe, maybe just minimize your browser window, like. Just, just maximize, maximize the Zoom window and minimize the, the um, your other window, just so so that none of your personal information is showing. I don't know. Okay, how did I get out before? See, instead of showing video, you're sharing. Hmm. Stop sharing. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Lovely. Oh, wow. Wait, good job. <laughs> oh, hey. Cool. So who would like to play us in? I'll be glad to do it. Sounds good, Elizabeth. Yeah, go for it. And, and I, I'd really like to include Rosalind in our um, our prayer today. Uh, she lost her daughter. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, no. Yes. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what happened, but I think it was on Wednesday. Anyway, so um, we are gathered here together. Elizabeth Grand. Sue Olson, uh, Jenny Ridpath, Anand, Sally, Sue Olson, and I think that might be Carla. Um, Jenny too. And and we uh, we put uh, Rosalind in um, our circle. And uh, together we are here with the intention of of healing, and with the intention of sharing from our hearts. And uh, we include not only Rosalind, but her whole family and her other daughter in our circle of prayer today. And we uh, focus on sending unconditional love, uh, highest light, uh, divine assistance, divine direction, and divine guidance for all of us, but uh, particularly for Rosalind work and her family. Uh, we're grateful to be here to share with each other, and we're glad to share uh, the healing and the um, and the highest light and the 
unconditional love with all because we are one with him. In gratitude and grace, so be it. So it is. It is law. It is now. Amen. 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 Wow. So I just got a little inspiration uh, to do that. Um, at a time like this, uh, when you've lost someone in your family, it, it, it's kind of hard for anything to help very much. But, uh, it did sound like Melissa connected with them and and said she was, you know, happy to be with the angels and that they could be happy too. Okay. Which is yes. Uh, challenging. So, but uh, this is the it's, daughter it's, in Seattle or the daughter yeah. in New York? Was it the daughter in Seattle or the daughter in New York? I think in, like, definitely on this side, on the west. On the west. On the, on the west. <laughs> yeah. Ali is, on, is in New York and she has a son, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it was natural causes, I think. She Rosalind just said she was had been weak and nauseous. So, um that's my my assumption or my sense. But yeah, it really sounds like Melissa has um given her Rosalind a a lot of messages from the other side and that seems to be something for her to stay with in the midst of huge shocking grief oh uh, that's wonderful that they have that ability uh, to communicate yeah, yeah. yeah. amazing yeah yeah hmm. yeah they're really connected in their own relationship and Rosalind's spoken about it here before so it's just amazing to hear how it continues, yes. even though it's really difficult in physical form. Well, but still, I mean, that would be the gift to just know that your child is okay and is glad to be where she is. Yeah, and it feels like, um, you know, because she was saying that we can all be happy. So it's like this wisdom that she's sharing through Rosalind, you know, that's a, it's a powerful thing. What well, it may be like that book that we read last year, A mm. Testimony of Life. It, it's her own personal uh, record. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, all the, I think all the healing that Rosalind has been doing with her family and with her daughters uh, kind of uplifts the whole family at this time you know there's a there's something so perfect and graceful about you know all the work she's been doing here and, and her connection with everyone spiritually and how that's yes yeah, yeah. I, I guess it for me it just reminded me of just how powerful it is the work that we're doing together ancestrally and that that goes on you know melissa's already saying that 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 goes on if this isn't the end you know when when physical mm. happens mm -hmm. i'm i'm reading a book right now um the title of it is Circle Maker by a pastor named Mark. Um, oh, what is it? How is it? Mark Batterson. Hmm. And um, I never thought about this before, but but he claims he's a pastor of an amazing church in Washington, D.C., and I've heard about this book 
uh, through my sister and um and I'm just gobbling it up. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm reading like five books right now. Um and so he says that prayers are eternal. Just like our relationships are eternal and the prayers just keep on going. And and so uh the prayers that our parents uh prayed for us when we were little and that our grandparents uh, prayed for us when uh, you know when we were born or, or whatever all that keeps going I, I love that it's very helpful and and so the prayers that we're doing right now are uh, they are also ongoing we need to bear that in mind uh, because it's it's like um <clears throat> carved in some in some book you know a, a prayer book for um Yeah, I guess it kind of reminds me of, you know, the idea of uh, like time and space or, or something of the earthy plane. So it makes sense that they're all um, gathered together. And, yeah, they're not separated by time or space. The same way as we aren't, and we're not with our ancestors or spirits before mm-hmm. and after us, I guess, too. It's like everybody's right here, right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's hard, hard to, I find, you know, this thing fascinating that, you know, my my ancestors are actually within me in the sense that, you know, my well, my parents, you know, their voices and how they interacted with me are internalized. But, you know, how their voices are were internalized by their parents and their voices were internalized by their parents. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of gifts, I guess, that come through. And then other things for healing as well that are, are passed down from generation to generation. So, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to hear the power of prayer that can ripple through all of all of those generations and mm. I guess that's where that idea of re- rewriting the past like you can't change the past but you can rewrite it in your awareness um, when you rewrite it it does change it hmm I, I think it does change it and 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 so uh, the healing work that we do now uh, it changes all all manner of things and in uh, our earlier appearances, or uh, I mean, our earlier seeming past lives, or whatever, uh, it's hard for me to wrap my my mind around uh, synchronicity, and and or and then uh, or and also simultaneity that, that is all happening all in mm. in the now moment. That's a that's like a mind twister right there. Uh, as you spoke, the the word retroactive came to mind. <laughs> you know, like sometimes when you have to get retroactive pay because they, you know you were promised some raise or something, but it didn't come till six months down, but you <laughs> get everything all the way back. <laughs> so what we're doing now, that work, all the things that were not good in the past connected to our personal stories. Once we can heal that, it's like. It just goes all the way back. Also, wow. Yeah, mm. I love that. Um, Jennifer spoke about that in one of her prayers, and it, you just reminded me of it there recently because it really struck me. Maybe where I'm at right now, that you know, we tend to think, and I definitely have thought this, and it still crops up in my thoughts that <clears throat> I wasted time and that I haven't, you know, done this or that. And she's like, you never really waste time. And that when you decide to be all in, it really, and you harvest everything, nothing is lost. I just love that. I just think, oh, that's so satisfying. It's so satisfying and liberating and makes me excited to, um, it's not, it's, I don't find it particularly easy to, to let let it all allow it all to kind of come forward for healing but 
it's happening anyway as I grow a little bit of willingness every day. <laughs> all things all things work together for good another one of Jennifer's constant reminders, even seeming separation in death. It's, it's, it's hard for us while we are in the body, in the illusion to, to, to accept, but um, with great willingness, and I love the saying today, <clears throat> and of course in miracles today, I... Oh gosh, of course I would forget it today right now, but I'm supposed to say above above all I want to see. I want to see. Above all else I want to see. I was saying it so well all morning and right now I had a blank. <laughs> above all else I want to see. And it's not the saying that we used to, so that's where the big willingness comes in because I think underneath that I may still have a little bit of fear of the unknown, you know, mixed in. And that's why we just trust that it's being done unto us, not so much that we have to do anything. And that's also consolation. Mm. To see with Christ's vision, um, and that would be very cool, even just in, in glimpses every now and then. But, I mean, to see that way all the time, that would be um, an extraordinary gift, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. One of my... Um, of course, in Miracles Lessons this week said that uh, there's a law of seeing, that we see what we feel. And I thought that was really interesting. I had never come across that before, that if we feel afraid, we see a scary world. And it's not just what we think, it's what we feel. Mm -hmm. I had a scary situation this week. Um, my daughter called me on Thursday, and, she's, and her husband um, has stage four cancer. And uh, he's had part of the front part of his brain irradiated be, to remove a tumor. And so um, he's having effects from that. And he went outside in the garage and he started the car, her car, with all the doors shut to oh, the dear. garage. And then he came in the house and... Several minutes later, my daughter opened the door and discovered that the, the car was running and ran out and turned it off. And she came back in and she said, you could have killed us all. And he said, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. So she called me and um, she was very upset. And we prayed um, for divine protection for everyone, including him. And um, and he was scheduled to go that day for, um, he hasn't had any treatments because he was so sick. He had um, a colostomy just before Christmas. And um, so 
he was supposed to go in for a full body scan and a brain scan, which took all day. And um, my my other daughter called me today, and she said that the brain scan was good, that uh, there were no new tumors, and the one that they irradiated was much smaller. So they were scheduled, they had scheduled um, a trip, just a quick trip over the weekend to go to Florida and get some sunshine. And they were going with another couple, and they went. They did. They decided to go and do that. So um, Thursday was just really awful. But uh, since then, things have kind of smoothed out. So... Um, That was a <laughs> that was a real challenge for me this week, um, and I, I picked up that vibration of fear, you know, when we had that conversation, um, and and my uh, my goal is to dismantle the world of fear that I've created. So that one was really. <laughs> That was kind of a trial by fire. Um, and, and after we prayed, I felt calmer. And, um, and also that, um, um, I, and yesterday's daily word was I choose, I choose to, to see the joy of God instead of pain or um, fear, whatever. And so I, I was working on, on that all day yesterday. You know, the joy is the highest vibration, but you can't have it without peace and, and love. And, um, so, and I actually did get to, to joy. Um, I didn't hear from my daughter after that, after that whole conversation on Thursday, so I was kind of up on the air, um, but I was able to actually get to joy yesterday just by letting it all go and knowing that everyone was safe and um, just by by focusing on gratitude and um, so I I was able to do that. And not, you know, not just perseverate on, on what happened on Thursday, but to get beyond that. So it sounds like a really deep practice to be able to be with that level of fear and to to allow it to be transmuted. It's amazing. Yes, I and and I just the the lessons, the Course in Miracles lessons, just amaze me. Because they're, they're always exactly what I need for that day. Because they're leading me, you know, in this whole process of letting go of a lot of illusions. And, uh, I just, I'm just so grateful for that. remember where it was that you were reading that uh, uh, number one line uh, that you quoted about the law of something uh, the law of seeing law of seeing that was what it was it, it may have been 189 or 190 I'm looking here Yes, it's 190. Okay. 
The world I see has no effects. It merely represents my thoughts. The world seems to cause my pain, but the world is causeless. Pain is the ransom I have paid to not be free. That's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Pain is illusion. Joy is reality. I choose the peace of God, the love of God, and the joy of God. Pain is proof of self-deception. Nothing in the world can make me sick or hurt or afraid. Only I can do that with my thoughts and emotions. To obsess about pain makes it seem stronger. So I shift my emotional state. Who is experiencing this pain? Not spirit. Spirit is free. I choose the peace, the love, and the joy of God instead of pain. When pain is experienced in any form, it is self-deception. I remember who I am, and pain disappears. Pain is sleep. Joy is awakening. Pain is deception. Joy alone is truth. Joy is the highest frequency. Joy is how healing is accomplished. Mm. I like that part. Joy is the highest frequency. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm finding um, doing the lessons just amazing. So I was on uh, one yesterday, and it's kind of going through all the outcomes. So I'm concerned about blank situation, and I'm I'm afraid that this will happen. And then looking at this, at these attacking, that these attack thoughts are attacking my invulnerability. I find that really interesting. And as I went through all of the outcomes that were in my mind, I'm afraid this will happen. I'm afraid this will happen. And looking at them all, I was like, gosh, no wonder I'm so afraid because my thoughts are so um, attacking. And then just this idea that in spirit, I'm I'm invulnerable in the sense of maybe being protected or, you know, even that concept was kind of new to me in a way, um, especially because I'm in a place emotionally where I'm feeling my vulnerability as a way of uh, strength. So... But I guess I'm just, you know, this year and hearing your gratitude, Sue, just reminded me and, you know, in, in my psychotherapy course and um, there's a book and it's called The Unspoken Voice. It's about trauma and it says something like moving from fear to restore the goodness. And it just struck me because this year when we were doing the reboot and I was going through all the gratitude, I was just like, wow, look how much gratitude I have gratitude gratitude I could just keep writing gratitude and you know I I would have struggled to, to rec- bring up anything of gratitude a few years ago before starting Masterful Living and I feel like there's this that's what the flow is this feeling of look how much gratitude there is is a restoring of my sense of goodness in life and you know I've lived such fear that it's incredible to feel goodness and know that it's actually real and that the fear is not real and it's it's only going to grow that that restoration and my belief and faith in goodness is truth not the other stuff so i i've incredible gratitude and now have this renewed energy for I have a beautiful gratitude journal and it's, I kind of started it maybe when I did Finding Freedom and uh, kind of, I, I maybe picked it up here and there and now I just, I just want to write in it every night because I just, <laughs> I'm so grateful for gratitude. I'm quite grateful for being grateful and remember, to remember and to see the goodness that's there every day. 
And to change my thoughts because I see now the cause and effect. That's the main thing I'm excited about, really. <laughs> there was an article in the paper today, or maybe it was yesterday, about um, Yale has a a course um, on being happy for its students. And I thought that's so wonderful. Somebody recognizes how important that is in all the you know in in all the the grim things that we we see in the, you know on television and in the newspapers and uh, that somebody finally recognizes that we need to be taught to be happy and how to do that. I that was really wonderful. And uh, some of the students felt that they had sacrificed their happiness in order to get into Yale, you know, because it's such a, a difficult thing to do. Um, and uh, so they, you know, they're just flocking to this class about how to be happy. And the teacher of the class is? I don't know. I don't know who the teacher is. Oh. No, I didn't. I, I might be able to find that in yesterday's paper. I'll look and see. Yeah, that would be interesting to know, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful um, representation, isn't it, of the light that's that's growing right now? Like, I really do yeah. feel that there's an intensity of, or this, a lot of spiritual teachers seem to be saying that, but just the light pouring in is 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 huge and I see more of that and I'm not sure whether that's a reflection of you know my ability to see if you like the 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 light um but I do feel a lot more people are are posting about the beautiful things in, in people and humanity and you know the response to the Puerto Rican earthquake and how love and support kind of comes in you know those types of there's more, it feels to me that there's more, um, and I don't watch the news, so I don't really, I don't think that that's being reported necessarily on the mainstream news, but it feels like people are willing to express what they see in the world um, and the importance of happiness, and, and it connects us all. So I think that's the exciting thing when I hear you talk about Yale, I think, yeah, like I'm not surprised it's filling up because it's a part of our humanity to wish to be happy and to avoid suffering. So um, there is a connection happening that's exciting. So the earthquake in, in Puerto Rico, when did that happen? I missed that whole thing. Does, that was, that was the, the, the hurricane. Oh, the hurricane. Oh, hurricane, sorry. And I, there, there was just something that flashed on my uh, cell phone uh, that said that uh, a lot of American companies, there, there don't seem to be enough unemployed people to find, you know, take jobs. So they're looking to Puerto Rico to bring these people into uh, our country to fill these jobs. Because they're Americans. Yeah, they are Americans, and, and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think they're still out of power. A lot of them after all the all these months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, if, if that if that were the case with our uh, with the Americans in Texas or Florida, we'd be hearing about it every day, <laughs> wouldn't we? True. Something wrong there. May I say something? Yeah. Sure. Oh, hi. This is Patricia from Portland. Oh, um, I, I, yes. I was, um, when you said that there's a class at Yale to be happy, 
it struck a core sadness in me that our students and our our children are so concerned with how much uh, they have to do and they have to get an A, they have to get a B. They're driven so that the joy of life is almost driven out of them. And I see that in my own grandchildren. My granddaughter is at Oregon Tech. And she is in a in a program where if you get a C, you're kicked out. So it's it, it saddens me to see that children um, or people at any age have to learn how to be happy. But I guess that's that's better than not learning. I, I just found it sad when I heard that. I just found it. I taught my children and my grandchildren: if if you don't enjoy what you're doing, like a career or a job. Don't do it because you have to do that for eight to ten hours of your day, and that affects the rest of your life. So find something that gives you joy to do. And and when you, yeah. I feel when I'm happy and I'm doing something, it gets better, and more people are drawn to me, and life will be better. Um, I don't. I know that suffering is contagious and people kind of draw to each other I found that um, people of my age they tend to talk about their illnesses oh I have this I have that and I go oh okay I gotta go <laughs> because you know if uh, what was it was it in the class on Wednesday I re-listened to it if you keep saying I don't feel good then you don't feel good because you keep drawing attention to that so that's all I wanted to say thank you thank you yeah I think that um that you know it's interesting that they're teaching a class like that and it makes a lot of sense actually because with the economic structure and all that of uh, society you know a lot of times people's values are you know what people think is going to make them happy isn't really going to make them happy. A lot of times people, you know, we're driven towards instant gratification and we're driven towards things that give us instant pleasure, but pleasure and happiness are totally different. And so I think that learning about it is really great. And we don't learn things in elementary school and high school that are actually super useful for us when we get older, um, you know, for whatever reason, because we're busy learning how to read or science or whatever but now that i'm you know out of college and everything there's very little from what i learned that i that that's specifically i'm applying towards my day-to-day -to -day life you know so uh i think it's really interesting and the other thing is i like uh the thing i like about um just the spiritual stuff and the non-judgment and and uh of course in miracles is that it turns out that with the ego it, the ego is sort of almost even though it doesn't really exist, the logic of the ego is such that it sort of creates unhappiness because it has this like weird agenda that uh, until you're onto it, you don't realize that you're supporting it. And so I like this idea that, you know, hey, we have to go beyond this thing, like this thorn that's in our side that's causing us misery, but we treat the thorn like it's who we are and we start to decorate it and show it off to people like, hey, look at my thorn or whatever. We don't even call it a thorn. We're like, look at my beautiful elbow or whatever. And then, uh, um, but that elbow, that thorn is just actually going to cause us this misery. It's going to get infected and it's going to spread like a virus and then completely destroy us. That's And then we start freaking out because it's like the fear becomes palpable, but we're believing in something that doesn't really even exist. And so, then it gets even more terrorizing because the ego is like, well, if you don't think I exist, well, I'm going to like freak you out completely and like make you think I really exist because now this is my only strength. The only thing I can really do is make you afraid because that's what makes me real and you believe in the fear. So that makes me real. So I'm going to hang on to that and really freak you out. And um, <laughs> ultimately um, once you, 
you know, go beyond that. And the nice thing that the what going back to some previous conversations, we were talking about, you know, the past and how the past is sort of uh, keeps coming back into the present and how um, we can look at the past retroactively mm-hmm. and sort of um, uh, change the way we interpret the past, you know, because you can't really change the past itself. You can't change the events that occurred in the past. But you can learn from, like, if you learn lesson A in the past, you can look back on it and learn lesson B, you know, and then go, okay, you know, that happened, but, you know, even though I suffered a lot, I learned this from it, and now it just changes the effect of the past. Um, but the nice thing for me now is learning to just let go of the past completely. It's like the whole idea that the past doesn't even exist. Like, it, it's really just an illusion. It's just a memory of something that isn't there. So once I look at it that way, at first there was some fear and some loss that, oh, my God, I'm looking at something. It's like I'm holding on to all these memories. It's like if somebody, you have a box full of all your old photographs and someone just dumps them out and says, no, these don't exist. Don't look at them anymore because they're not real. And at first you're like, no, but they're my photographs. They're my emails. They're my letters. They're my videos, my life, my memories. That's me. And then I'm like, well, no, that's not me. Those um, those memories aren't me, and so the fear was something that had to do with the projection of something that I didn't understand from the past, and I was throwing it into the future and saying the future is going to turn into this because of something that happened in the past, but both the past and the future don't exist. So then, what's the way out of all this? It's like, okay, what's going on now? What's in the present moment? And once you kind of, mm-hmm. once I once I got the idea that hey, only what's happening now even is real. The rest it's not good or bad. It's just not real. It doesn't really exist. And then you go, oh well, then if I'm falling, if I'm looking for the truth, what is the truth? The truth is that which exists, that which is is actually real. And so it takes away the judgment, saying, oh, you know, if you take the judgment, say the past. It's an illusion, but it's bad because it's an illusion. No, it's not bad that it's an illusion. It's just not real. So it doesn't exist. So that sort of is a way to sort of that I look at it in, in terms of how do I get rid of the fear? The way to get rid of the fear is really just to be in the present moment because in the present moment there is no fear, really. Um, the fear is just some sort of anxiety or something about the future, which doesn't exist, or some sort of guilt about the past, which also doesn't exist. So that's just a, some things I was thinking about during this conversation. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I could relate to that entirely about being in the present because my husband will say something and I go, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember that. I'm dealing with this now. You know, it's like you said, the, the past is the past. In the future, we don't know, but we can. I can deal with what I'm de- what's going on in my life now, and maybe I can think about, oh, what, like you said, in the past, and not repeat the, um, oh, what did, um, oh, hold on, Jennifer said, oh, trust. Now let me. Rem- it was the saying from. The inward journey, and now I, I thought I wrote it down, but I don't. Let me remember this lesson. Something like that is what you're saying, and it, it, it's such a, a, a release of fear for me to say that I'm here now, and what happened in the past is in the past. I can only deal with what I'm presented with today. I think that's what you're saying, Anna. Isn't that is that yeah, kind of yeah, basically yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Basically, the realization that the past is is really over, and anytime it comes up in some form, I tell myself the past is dead. It's just gone. It's not there. It doesn't exist. And then I'm not holding on to it, or I'm not looking for it for answers or something. Like if you want to look for answers or you want to get some interpretation, I'm not saying don't do it. Like great. Like uh, look in the past and see. You know, but. I did a lot of that for a long time as part of some spiritual processes that I was working on, which was writing out things that happened in the past without putting my judgment on them, just writing them all out like a a journal of 
all the things that I thought that were bad that happened to me to get that out of my system, out of my memory. And so that really did help. So I'm not saying don't look at the past, but looking at the past without judging it, I think is a lot more useful than looking at the past through the lens of judgment. And then also the what's the end result of that or what's the goal of that? Um, spiritually speaking would be if you want to get rid of the suffering that the past is creating in the present. Because the present, if you're thinking about if the past is affecting you now, then the past is still alive for you in the present moment and is affecting you in the present moment. But to let it go, we have to be able to look at it without judgment because the judgment holds the, it holds the meaning of the past in your mind. And that judgment creates that meaning and it holds you to the past. So once the meaning is gone, mm-hmm. once the past is sort of dead, and it helps me in a diff- couple different angles. One is just saying, the past is dead. And in my mind, I just say that. And it sounds kind of like mean, like the past is dead. Like it's kind of like a very sort of <laughs> like a very like serious grave way to put it. But it's just it just it has an impact in my mind. So it, it like takes away the sort of the romantic nature of the past, because I used to cling on to things in the past, like who I used to be, people I used to be with and my identity in the past and who that was and how it applies to now. And when I say the past is dead, it kills both the bad stuff and the good stuff in a way because now I'm open, I'm free. Like that freedom can't happen until you're in the present moment. And that freedom is just totally different than the judgment and the the positive emotions or the temporary emotions. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, emotions come and go, but um, that peace of the present moment is real. And, and the freedom of the present moment is real. And, you know, as long as the clouds of the past or the future are there, you're not going to see the sky, which is the peace and the calm of the present moment. So I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Just kind of getting it in your mind that, or getting it in my mind that whenever the past enters my mind, instead of cherishing it or getting mad about it or feeling sad about it, I just remind myself that it's not real. You know, it's the easiest way to go beyond it. Like even with dreams Mm -hmm. and stuff, like if I wake up with a really bad dream, sometimes I'll try to, I used to be like, oh, what, what does that mean? Or how does that, you know, what's going on with my life? Or why did I have that dream? And then I read somewhere, like a master was saying that, hey, you know, um, the only thing to really understand about dreams is that they're not real. And um, so now if I wake up with a bad dream, I just repeat to myself, hey, it's over. It's not real. You know, I'm just waking up, you know, I'm waking up from this dream. And uh, all that stuff isn't real. The fear isn't real. And as long as you believe in the fear, it's going to be real. But some at some point, your your mind, your higher mind or your true self or whatever, you'll examine that fear and you'll realize it's just, as the Course in Miracles says, that it's just the ego. The fear is the ego. And once you see that it's not real at all, then you, you don't believe it anymore. You're not invested in it anymore. And uh, so I think that was something that Jenny was kind of saying, which was that you, you started believing in the, the present moment, believing in being out of that fear because at first that fear holds on to you like it's real and it's like, you know, so yeah, that's, yeah. I keep yeah. talking mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> I got to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I love that, Anand. I think I heard this thing this week and it just struck me. It was Gabby Bernstein, is that how you say her name? And she mm-hmm. talked about the miracle is not, she said something like the miracle is not giving up the judgment or something she says the miracle is not believing in it oh, okay. yeah. not believing in judgment and mm-hmm. I just thought wow yeah that's um, a really interesting way to put it and I guess the other way I felt like she put it was judgment is there because we feel separated like that we're not good enough and therefore we feel pain and in order not to feel the pain we judge mm-hmm. and I feel like that's been really helpful for me because I see how I was being so judgmental partly because I didn't want to feel a lot of my own stuff. Um, and it's been really healing then to rather than judge just to feel whatever's there and let mm-hmm. it, let it be, let it go through. It's a lot easier said than done to be honest. But yeah, I find that um, 
I loved just what she said that the miracle is not believing in judgment that it doesn't yeah like it doesn't exist it's not real it's just it's just there to to separate us from each other that makes a lot of sense yeah like uh yeah that, I've never looked at it that way but yeah like if you try to be non-judge if you have a judgmental thought and you try to look at it like without judging it that kind of seems difficult, but not believing it. When you realize that the judgment itself didn't make sense or that because we're not really separated, that judgment isn't even true, that changes the paradigm completely and it just drops away automatically. So, yeah, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. I think our time is up. It was a quick hour, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was. Does anybody have any ahas that, that uh, they would like to share? Or are there any uh, prayer requests? Uh, for my daughter, Dawn, and Jerry, and Michael and Daniel, their sons. Please. Anyone else? I'll just say for the courage to say yes to happiness now. <laughs> That's a good one. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, inspired by. Melissa, to connect with the angels and the divine support that's there for us in abundance. Yes. Yeah, along with that, I just, I just wanted to uh, repeat kind of in the same vein that we remember that we're eternal and that we remember that all of this uh, illness and death and sickness and all that stuff that we're seeing around us uh, with Sue's family and Rosalind's situation, that we send out, you know, a huge amount of love to everybody involved. And also that we all remember, including their families, that all of this stuff is temporary and not part of our eternal nature. Something of that sort, Elizabeth. Beautifully said, Anand. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Would someone like to pray us out? I will. Great. Uh, let's just place our hand on our heart. And we give thanks for this time together to share our insights and our problems. The things that we need to pray about. We're so grateful for this group that we're evolving together. And seeing more and more of the truth and letting go of more and more of the ego. We're grateful for Jennifer lighting our way, pointing us in the right direction. And we surround Rosalind with our love. Knowing that she and her daughter are eternal. And love brings us back together again and again. 
Love is forever. Love is our true nature. And there is no separation. And so we have every reason to be happy, to experience joy. And that's a wonderful feeling. And so we say thank you. Thank you, God, for the truth that's written in our hearts. The truth that we learn over and over again. As many times as we forget, we remember. Thank you, God, for A Course in Miracles. Thank you for the law of seeing. Thank you for our oneness and how we support each other. And we remember Melissa and Anand and Kareem and each one of us in this prayer and everyone, everyone, anywhere, everywhere. We are all one. And we honor that oneness as we go about our life every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Have a good week. You too. Bye bye.